Welcome to the Sonic Cinema Podcast. My name is Brian Scuttle, and thank you for joining us at www.sonic-cinema.com. Two years ago, when I started this uh, podcast, one of the first things I did was uh, I joined, I asked my uh, good friend Ronnie Haynes to uh, join me in talking about Star Wars, which we both love and adore. Uh, It was right before Force Awakens started. So two years later, with The Last Jedi right around the corner, I decided to uh, welcome back Ronnie Haynes to the podcast, but we also decided to bring in a uh, friend of ours who is probably the biggest Star Wars fan that I know, and certainly certainly even bigger than both of us, um, Daniel Green, uh, who I've known for a lot of years because we used to work together. And uh, we, the three of us, actually went to Star Wars Celebration together earlier this year in Orlando. And uh, I thought it would be good to uh, bring him in to uh, discuss the series, talk about what he enjoys about the series. And uh, one of the things we, we ta- Ron and I talked a lot about the franchise before Disney um, bef- in our last episode. I kind of want to, and bring in uh Daniel also to as we discuss the uh what the franchise has been like since Disney took over and now that the movies are starting to come out. So uh welcome both uh Ronnie Haynes and uh Daniel Green to the podcast. Good to be here. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I'm totally excited <laughs> about this. So the the first I know one of the things Ron and I did start out with uh, on the last podcast was we talked about our mutual, our respective histories with uh, Star Wars, and I wanted to sort of give you the opportunity to uh, talk to talk about yours as well. Uh, yeah, so uh, Star Wars uh, obviously become a generational thing for most people nowadays, and uh, it started with me. Back in, I think it was 95 when uh, Lucasfilms released the THX editions mm-hmm. of uh, mm-hmm. the box sets. And uh, I have two siblings, so for Christmas we got my dad the uh, Star Wars. And uh, at the time my brother gave him the A New Hope for Christmas. I gave him Empire Strikes Back. And then my <laughs> sister gave him Return of the Jedi. And uh, I remember Christmas Day opening up. My dad was ecstatic because he always had to borrow a set from a friend of ours at the time. <laughs> And uh, so that night, it started, uh, my brother got a tent for Christmas, and we pitched the tent in the living room, <coughs> turned on the old tube TV that is terrible nowadays, and popped in Star Wars, and uh, life was changed because we watched New Hope that night, and then we watched Empire Strikes Back and Return of Jedi early the next morning. So that's kind of my history and how it got in. Uh, obviously, my dad is a huge fan as well, and kind of brought me into it, so... Was that your first time seeing the movies, or had you seen them before? That was my first time to ever watch them in its entirety. Uh, okay. My dad had watched them, and I'd be like in the living room, kind of like popping in and out. But uh, at the time, you know, that was like 95, so I would have been about seven years old. So you know, kind of parents and some of the stuff in there is a, a little dark for some of the kids. So yeah. Uh, it, they both agreed to let me watch A New Hope, and then I begged to watch the other two the next morning. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, and one of the one one of the reasons that it's hard to argue with what Ron was saying, as far as by far being the you being the biggest Star Wars fan of the three of us, is because of the fact that you you're also you've also gotten into the books. You'd also gotten into the expanded universe, 
uh, over the years now the legends of as far as Disney, but you still read the books. I know one of the things you were really excited about uh, trying to do when we went to Celebration was meet Timothy Zahn, who had written the Thrawn trilogy. And uh, just sort of tell, because Ron and I have never really read the books. I mean, I, I know for me, I never really have, but I know I'm pretty sure it's basically the same with Ron. Closest I've gotten is I read Carrie Fisher's uh, biography. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what was so? I mean, what sort of led you to? Was it just just being enraptured by uh, Star Wars from the get go that got you into reading the expanded universe? Uh, yeah. So basically, the the books came along. So you know, I watched the movie, and the movies were all existed, and then toys, and obviously, I bought every freaking toy that existed <laughs> at the time. Uh, but the books came along because I wasn't doing well in school. My parents were just trying to get me to read stuff. And uh, honestly, uh, Scholastics that year, uh, or maybe two years later, had a, a Star Wars book in there. And I was like, let's get it. And, and so I just kind of started reading them. And it went from there. And it was the, uh, the old school Galaxy of Fear stuff. Uh, I forget who the author was. But it was, you know, little kids' books, Scholastic mm-hmm. Age. And so I, st- I read those. There was about 13 of them over the uh, next several years that were came out. And then kind of, you know, I got to the age where I need to read something else, uh, bigger stuff. And, um you know, never got into other books. I tried to pick up some other books and never read all the way through or lost interest. <coughs> it's Timothy Zahn's, you know, the, the uh, Thrawn trilogy that really got me into it. Just the creativity, um, you know, another evil, menacing person that, you know, wasn't, uh, didn't have the force, didn't have uh, you know, abilities or anything like that. It was just, he was just a tactician and very thought everything through and everything like that. And uh, it just got absorbed completely into that trilogy. And then after that trilogy, it was just like, okay, so what's next in this universe? And because Thrawn, you know, the Timothy Zahn series was the the first main one that encaptured a lot of people. Obviously, before that, we had Splinter of the Mind's Eye that came out right after New Hope back in '78. Which the, I love. I like that you brought brought Splinter's Mind Mind's Eye because wasn't that meant to be sort of uh, the sequel to New Hope? If like if New Hope hadn't been a big hit or something. Yeah, so so basically, you know, there was a new hope, and then uh, after that, you know, because George had the idea of making other movies, but it was only pitched as a single movie. It was, and it was designed as right. a single movie. Right. Right. Uh, Splinter of the Mind's Eye was kind of like a, well, this could be the next movie, and it was written by uh, Alan Foster, and uh, and honestly, it's a terrible book. It's <laughs> I struggle through it still when I read it. I just remember hearing something interesting, like that Splinter of the Mind's Eye was written. Like a, on a small scale, on purpose. So, yeah. So the idea was to it could possibly be a movie. So it was actually originally a script, if I'm not mistaken. That, yeah. That was mm. a script for a potential second movie. That's what I heard. Um, and then it didn't it didn't go over very well, but it became a book. Um, thank goodness it was a book and not a movie. Because uh, <laughs> Empire Strikes Back is arguably the best Star Wars movie out right now. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that's that's where that book you know was it was. Potentially a lead into another movie, you know, the script for it, and then it, you know, it got canned as far as the script goes, but it became a book. Right. Um, you know, and it, it's it's okay. It, it it is pretty rough. Uh, it does a decent job of tying in some of the characters and, and going forward from there. But uh, we still go back to the the Luke and Leia kiss and Empire Strikes Back, and they become brother and sister down the road. Uh, <laughs> Splinter in Mind's Eye. There was a, a scene in there that was uh, pretty pretty dark on that scale as well. So it's uh, <laughs> good thing it's just a book, and now yeah. it's just. <laughs> well, um, one of the one of the things that 
and it occurred to me a couple in the past couple of days that you know you can talk about this from a perspective that Ron and I cannot talk about this because you have kids. And so obviously being a huge Star Wars fan, it's like one of the important things for you is to be able to share these these movies and this universe with your kids. And I I know one of my favorite uh, film critics, Drew McQueenie, wrote about this in uh, one of his columns uh, when sharing the movies with his kids uh, when the Blu-rays came out. And uh, the way he approached it, he approached it very specifically with a specific order in mind, where it's like he showed them A New Hope, then he showed Empire, then he showed them the prequels as sort of a flashback to, well, what is the truth about what Darth Vader says at the, to Luke at the end of Empire? Is that true that he is his father or not? And then you conclude with uh, Jedi. And the the way he wrote about it, it was really fascinating to hear how his kids reacted, the way his kids talked about it, the way they absorbed it, because it was the first time they had seen it. And so I was just kind of curious um, to ask you what um, what how how do you look on where where are you coming from when you start to share. Uh, Star Wars with uh, your kids. Um, so Asher's my oldest at four years. Uh, I have a daughter, Adeline, at two, and then uh, we have a uh, Ezra. Our third one's along the way here in February. And uh, you know, basically, my love for Star Wars is you know I watch it frequently. You know, it, it's always on in the background. Is even just the soundtrack for music. Mm-hmm. Um, and and with Asher, you know, I think he saw it. You know, he he was probably two when I first actually showed it to him. Uh, maybe a little bit younger than two. Um, and my thought process at the time was, you know, here's Star Wars, let's watch it, this is amazing, so we watched New Hope, and then, um, you know, there's, there's scenes I don't think about, especially as an older person, you know, uh, you know <coughs> 30 years old, and we watch New Hope, and then you see the Owen and Lars uh, bones in there, you don't think about, <laughs> he's two, like, that's, he doesn't understand this, and, you know, it's, it's a dark moment in the movie that is not understandable, and, and so... Yeah, we watched that, and my my wife walks down, and she's like, "You're letting him watch this," and I was like, "Oh, I forgot about that scene." And <laughs> so there's there's scenes that you forget about in the movie that you know, as as a 30 year old, that's perfectly normal, and it's actually very G rated nowadays. Yeah. Uh, but you know, your kid's <laughs> two when he first watches it, and now he's four. So you know, he he's seen he's you know, we watched New Hope, and then it was probably several weeks later we you know watched Empire Strikes Back, and then again you forget about scenes. So you know, the Wampa scene in there where he. he Knocks out Luke on the Tauntaun and well, stuff. Yeah, that's the thing is I want to ask you about was uh, you said I remember you saying at one point posting something on Facebook about watching Empire with with uh, Marissa and your kids and you had to fast forward through all the fighting parts. What kind of experience is that for you as a as a father with kids and like I, I'm just no I just I, I just I just I, I couldn't help, I mean, I, I, to a degree I understood, but then I don't understand completely because I don't have kids, so I don't know what it's like to, like, have to watch a movie and, like, you know, censor certain parts of it, you know, and everything like that, and, like, mm-hmm. so, like that, that must make for a really short movie for one <laughs> so, but. Yeah, yeah, so, I mean, it's, uh, you know, now, 
now with the with the New Hope, we watch it beginning to end. It doesn't matter. There's we even all the fight scenes and blaster scenes. And mm-hmm. The only the only one we actually still skip through is when uh, Darth Vader strikes down Obi Wan, uh, just because he doesn't understand the the whole killing stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously stormtroopers getting hit and falling down. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't recognize all that. <laughs> so, you know, it, it's you know, A New Hope is probably the the easiest one. There's not a lot of dark stuff in there. It's it's very Honestly, mm-hmm. kid friendly like George has always mentioned that these were designed for kids, which is to an extent okay. But as society changes, some of the stuff you have to be careful. So I can tell you, Empire Strikes Back is a very very short movie because there's a lot, <laughs> of, there's a lot of dark, darkness in it. Obviously, it's probably why it is one of the best ones. Is it's a very mm-hmm. dark, not just from what you visually see, but from what you know is actually going on through the thought process of, of the characters inside the movie itself. So yeah, um, so yeah, this is definitely one of the shortest ones. Um, you know, we watch, uh, we've seen Return of the Jedi once or twice in its entirety, and it's a relatively short one as well. I mean, just scenes there you don't think about. I mean, the Scarlet Pit, and mm-hmm. unfortunately, uh, he, the first time he watched the movies was, all of them were Blu-ray, and then I went back and showed him, I actually had the DVD original, yeah, know, unaltered stuff, yeah. and on a 55-inch HD TV, it's pretty yeah. crummy quality, so... <laughs> But, you know, I showed it to him, so he's seen it. So, you know, like, the Sarlacc pit in the in the special edition stuff is, you know, it's, it's very scary for a young, mm-hmm. you know, two, three, four-year-old. Yeah. Uh, but then when you watch it in the HD, it's just tentacles and some, uh, and just some claws, if you will, hanging out on the side of the pit. It's not that bad. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's, the movies are a lot shorter when you have a younger kid like that, because you do, you know, you want to censor what he's watching, what he sees, and that sort of thing. So. Uh, how old do you think you'll let them? That was actually going to be my question, um, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, you know, I've talked to Marissa a lot about it because uh, The Force Awakens is awesome, and, uh, you know, he, he's seen, so he's seen A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, and Return of Jedi in that order, and then we went back, and uh, sad to say, he watched Phantom Menace with me, sad to say, he watched Attack of the Clones with me, uh, we had to fast forward through a few scenes of there. Uh, he has not seen Revenge of the Sith at all. Kind of drew the line on that. It's a PG-13 movie. Yeah, there is a lot of darkness throughout mm-hmm. the entirety of that movie. Um, it's it's the visual effects of it are are really you know a lot of killing and death and and obviously oh, yeah. Anakin at the end being caught on fire. So there's a lot of stuff oh, like yeah. that. It, it's just a very dark. I mean, Empire is dark, but then you kind of think about well, how dark is Empire compared to Re- Revenge of the Sith? So he has not even seen that one at all. Um, and he loves Kylo Ren. I mean, so mm-hmm. when The Force Awakens came out, he, he wasn't even two when The Force Awakens came out, and every trailer, and I, I was just devouring every information that came out at the time, and, I mean, the trailer came out on, on Thanksgiving Yeah, I think I remember watching your, rea- I, I remember watching your, your reaction video to the first trailer. Yeah. <laughs> you were yeah. going nuts. Yeah, yeah, I, I recorded, I went home from, uh, I worked at, at Black Friday, um, so that was, what, 2000, uh, 14, yeah, it was 14. And yeah. uh, that was Black Friday day. It came on about 9 o'clock in the morning. And I saw it and watched it 10 times within like five minutes at least, right? Uh, yeah. Not really because it's a long trailer. But I got went home from work about 7 o'clock and turned that on and just freaked out with him. I'm like, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars. <laughs> and, and like we scream. And I flew him around with like the, the Millennium Falcon and TIE Fighter going through that, uh, the, the fallen uh, Star, uh, Star Destroyer and we had a lot of fun and, and everything from The Force Awakens. And he fell in love with Kylo Ren. And Kylo Ren just had that quick scene where 
he's walking through the snow and he turns on his lightsaber and his cross guard and you freak out because you're like cross guard what's this about yeah <laughs> and uh and he just has an ad he just admires kylo ren and the lightsaber and now he's in darth maul and watches his lightsaber so <laughs> he is uh he's seen a few parts of the force awakens he still hasn't seen its entirety mm-hmm. you still fast forward you know the beginning scene uh yeah where they yeah. fight uh you know we uh we pause we, well, we had to fast forward through that and but, uh, but, you know, it, it's the age-wise, you know, we talk about it in age, you know, at this moment in time, at least 10, if not older, before he gets to watch it in its entirety. But mm. it also kind of just depends on his maturity level as yeah. he grows yeah. up. I mean, yeah. you know, if, if he's not mature enough to watch it, then we won't let him watch it. Um, I can tell you that Rogue, uh, Rogue One is one of the movies. It's a fantastic. It has done so much for this, uh, for this company and for the, the Star Wars series and the storyline of where it's going to go. Um, Mm-hmm. I want him to watch it. It's fantastic, uh, but I can tell you, it's, it's it's a war movie. I mean, yeah. yeah. Imagine you know, Saving Private Ryan. How old were you guys when you guys watched that? And, yeah. you know, you guys well, we we were older, we we were in our twenties when that came out. I mean, that that was yeah. I mean, we were in our twenties. But I mean, I I know I I watched Star Raid movies when I was ten. I mean, my my parents had my mother especially had reservations about. It. My father was. He he didn't really he wasn't big into movies or anything like that. So I mean, I I had a different situation. I you know I I can't remember you know I don't think there was ever a time where Star Wars wasn't a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And I mean you know so you know my mother was certainly more she didn't mind. I mean I I think yeah I was probably too young to watch. Some of the movies that I watched at the time, but it, you know, that's looking at now being hindsight being twenty twenty. It's like you know, at the time I was like, I want to see this. It's like, you know, I I I'll be fine. It's like you would hear, you would hear. For me, it was hearing other people talk about certain movies. It's like, oh, I want to see that now. And it's like I want to see that. I want to see that. I want to see that. And uh, the thing is, I wasn't a big hardcore into movies until the 90s you know by which point i was a teenager and all that stuff that's why i did that's why i really got into movies but i mean that's but yeah i mean i i can i one of my first movie experiences one the ones that is most memorable to me was watching return of the jedi in theater and i was about i was five at the time i was going on six and the reason I remember that is the reason it's so vivid for me actually has very little to do with the movie itself and more with the fact that the the projectionist just couldn't get it right. Like, there were so many projection issues. Like, they had to restart the movie, like, three or four times, I think, before they finally got right. And uh, it was opening day, and that was, that was why that imprinted on me. But, I mean... Yeah, I know. I watched. I watched uh, Star Wars Young. I mean, you know, the fact that better is, it's like everybody, you know, everybody's gonna approach it differently, you know. And I mean, you're you're having these discussions with, you know, Marissa, you know, with your wife, and about like how, you know, when is a good point to share certain things with my kids. I mean, that's perfectly reasonable. And then we have friends like Jen who, like, just watch, let her kids watch the most R-rated movie. Oh, yeah. Possible. Yeah. I mean, that was that was me. Like, I, I watched, like, the first six Friday 13th movies when I was, like, 10. It's like, I, you know, 
But I mean, it was also, it was something where it's like at a certain point, my mother also put the kibosh on that because it's like she wasn't necessarily comfortable with me watching those movies, which I get it. I get it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you, it's a, it's a discussion that it's, it, you know, there's, there's really no right answer to that. I think, I mean, everybody's different. You, every situation's different. Every parent's different. Every kid's different. It's like if, and I mean, I completely get where you're coming from as far as like, well, we, he hasn't seen Revenge of the Sith right now. And it's not even the PG-13 rating. I mean, it is the fact that, yeah, there's a lot of dark stuff in Empire, but there is arguably more darkness in Revenge of the Sith because of what that story is. And, I mean, the way that story presents itself, I mean, that is, that's a dark movie. I mean, it's it really has nothing to do with the PG-13 rating. If you think about, like, the action and stuff like that, there's probably very little that separates that in a PG rating from the other Star Wars. It's just the tone. I mean, that's that's one of the different things. I mean, I get why you haven't you haven't shown uh Revenge of the Sith to uh Asher and your other kids yet. Plus the rating system is much different than it was back in the day. Oh, it's yeah. it's there it's it's weird like uh the Drew McQueen, the critic that I uh, mentioned earlier who talked about, you know, sharing Star Wars with his kids. Um, he He's doing this podcast that I'm listening to, A's All Over, and it's, and they're up to 1982, and it's fascinating for them talking about, because the PG-13 ring didn't exist at the time. Mm-hmm. It's fascinating hearing them talk about the movies that were PG. Yeah. It's like, yeah. how in the world is that possible? Like there's no way, well, but back back then there was there wasn't <clears throat> there wasn't anything separating PG from R. It was either V, PG, or R, right? Yeah, basically, and it was you know PG was literally parental guidance. It's okay. like your parents will tell you talk to you about it if they feel like they need to. Mm-hmm. It's not like you know this is you know there's a like nine to five is a PG movie was a PG movie at the time. There's no way that would be PG now. Yeah. Like it's it's so hard to believe, but uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating. Um, have have you shown him any of like the Clone Wars or Rebels or anything like that? Yeah. Uh, so uh, actually, I, I went back and watched the Clone Wars like, again. I had been years since I had seen it, and so I put it on and I showed him some of it and then, you know, and there's a lot of action and the first, I think the first season was, you know, good and then as it progressed and especially when we got to the, uh, the Witches of Darth Mirror, uh, Darth Mirror, Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you start talking some of the magic stuff there. It, that's kind of when I was like, yeah, we're done with that. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, when Star Wars Rebels was announced, you know, I got all excited about that. You know, you're upset that Clone Wars ended the way it did and then so here it is again with a, another new cartoon and it's on the Disney Channel, and so uh, mm. we watched the first season. It was really good, and it kind of had the same thing started to progress. Where you know how much of this is is okay with him and the action and stuff, and, and right, you know, and um, right. So it's he only saw the first season so far of Rebels, and it, it Rebels got really dark as well as <coughs> yeah. I think it was the end of season one, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, I don't think he actually saw the the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, 
But yeah, so it's he's seen some of those. Um, I did not show him the original uh, Clone Wars, the uh, <laughs> the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, not the movie. The, the Cartoon Network. What was the? Oh, the, the uh, uh, yeah, the yeah, the Jendi uh, Tartakovsky. Yeah. Uh, oh, the, the cell, cell animation. Yeah. Yeah. So he has For not those, seen that at all. But um, those are really good. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're good. Um, but yeah, so you know, it's just he he's one of those he loves just Star Wars, just seeing Star Wars. Mm. As a matter of fact, they went shopping yesterday. You are raising him. Um, at, yeah. At Bargain <laughs> Hunt, <laughs> and uh, he saw a Star Wars hoodie. It's black. It says Star Wars, <laughs> and he freaked. He wanted. It. He begged my wife for it, and uh, it was two dollars and fifty cents. And so he comes yeah. home and and teach him a lesson. He's only four, but yeah, you can have it if you can pay for it. So he goes and he gets money and he starts handing it to me. But, you know, it's just at, at at four years old, he's already to buy Star Wars. Merchandise, merchandise, merchandise. He 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 is he he is he is going to have when he's old enough to really let all of Star Wars sink in. Oh, he's going to have he he he's going to just be soaking it all in. I can imagine like that's that's yeah. It's it's generational for sure. My dad got me into it. I'm doing my best yeah. to get my kids into it. I mean, like they they go into the stores and they see Star Wars and they say, "Daddy, Daddy," you know, they, they know that <laughs> Daddy would love whatever it was Star Wars. It doesn't matter what it was; he'd love it. And uh, you know, I gave him uh, a, I was probably about a year and a half ago now uh, all my uh, uh, Star Wars toys that I had when I was growing up. They, uh, yeah, and I gave those all to him, and now they're in parts and pieces everywhere. But he plays with them all the time. Yeah. You know, and, Loves them, and my daughter plays with them as well. So it's, you know, <laughs> All right. Definitely started at a young age. And yeah. I got another one, Ezra, on the way. Um, mm-hmm. His name is Ezra from the Bible, although I will joke with my wife, and I've always <laughs> joked that it's Ezra from Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Um, but it's from the Bible. So, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so another one to bring into the uh, into the Star Wars world as well. Yeah. Well, I know one of the big, one of the big things uh, I wanted to talk about with us is, I mean, Ron, I... Touched a lot on the uh, pre-Disney uh, material because I mean, really, that was basically all there was in 2015. Force Awakens hadn't come out yet; uh, it was only season and a half into Rebels. Um, needless to say, I mean, obviously, this is big boom time for uh, Star Wars because of since uh, Disney purchased Lucasfilm in 2012 and basically. Uh, brought the franchise back into the uh, forefront of one of the big franchises in movie history. I I know my personal feelings on it, and I mean, we can definitely touch on that. I'm just kind of curious where both of you guys are with how Disney has treated the franchise so far. Um, Daniel, I mean, you can obviously talk a lot more about it than we can as far as the books and stuff like that that have come out and uh but i mean obviously the movies are a big part of that we've got uh force awakens that came out we've got rogue one that's that came out and then you know next week we have uh the last jedi it seems like every week it seems like there's new new news when it comes to star wars just sort of one to uh sort of do a little bit of a round table as far as like see where See where you guys are at with it. I mean, I know we had this discussion a lot when we were at a Star Wars celebration. We had a lot of time in uh, both the car uh, driving back as well as uh, the god awful lines at a celebration um, to uh, discuss things. 
And so, I mean, I just come one to... Uh, yeah, that's where the infamous, uh, <laughs> who was better, Jenner or uh, Ray. That's that yeah, that was, that was a big, big topic of... Uh, I we we spent a good hundred mi- few hundred miles uh talking hearing discussing yeah Jenner debating Ray. back and forth which was the better protagonist Brian uh and I are in Ray Camp or Ray. uh Brian Jen. And I are in Camp Ray and Daniel is in Camp Jen. I'm in Camp Jen. I even named the cat after Jen. It's Jen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and well, where did that come from? I was like, it's not like the, it's not like it's not like we think Jen is a terrible character. We just we just thought that. Um, well, there was, there was that video essay that I... Which, which, yeah, which you shared that was basically... It was basically the idea that uh, Ray, uh, Ray's a very active uh, protagonist when it comes to the yeah, story of right. Force Awakens, whereas Jin is more passive. Right. Like, mm-hmm. the story, you know, it, it goes back to the whole nerd... Uh, fan theorizing really obsessing over the notion that it's like rares of the lost ark like india jones has no bearing on this story of rares of the lost ark at all like that whole idea of well i mean if india jones wasn't part of it everything still would have happened the same way it's like that's not exactly true but you know Mm -hmm. enjoy your uh little you know 15 minutes of fame when they brought that theory up on the uh big bang series theory but uh yeah i mean it is it is interesting to uh i mean obviously those are the main uh characters in the uh new movies ray obviously is uh became the uh big star of uh among the new characters with uh force awakens and certainly it seems like that's gonna be the case with uh last jedi and then Jen obviously is the protagonist of Rogue One. And so um I know I I I've I've thought I've thought both films were quite good. I I really have enjoyed Rebels. I haven't watched this season unfortunately. I, I need to was a, was a hair better than I I sort of, you know and the thing is I've I've I watched like, them I now one. I like I like what's I like what's being done with the spin-off movies. I think I think we're in good hands as fans. I think we're in good hands with, with how the spin-off movies are being handled yeah. and everything. Yeah. But um just you know, just ultimately Jin what Jin isn't wasn't wasn't uh, exec- the character of Jin wasn't executed as successfully as I thought Ray. But that's just mm-hmm. that's just me. Well and I think I, I think part of it is also there is a difference in like Jin you know, it's basically just going to be that movie. Yeah. Because we know the end game of that movie. Because we've seen where that movie goes from there with A New Hope. Yeah. Um, with Ray, you're basically building a character to uh, sustain three movies. Right. And I think that's one of the important differences. Yeah, so the the me for me, the, the whole thing with Jen was, it was two things. It was... Obviously, with both characters, we don't know anything about their history. Like, they, they both walked mm-hmm. in. And we still have questions about them if you look from just a movie standpoint. And uh, I, I'm big into books. I, I have a, I call it a Star Wars library. And I literally have a library of Star Wars <laughs> books. I'm kind of uh, jealous. <laughs> yeah. You walk into Barnes and & Nobles, and, and I put them to shame. They don't have a Star Wars library like I do. But, uh, <laughs> um, but you know, it was, it was one of those, uh, from the movie perspective, they're, they're both a very similar character. Um, 
uh, you know, Ray is definitely a, an activist. She's actually, she's a go-getter, go-get-it-done kind of thing. Um, although she was kind of shy about getting it. She didn't want to leave Jakku. She wanted to go back to Jakku. Um, where Ray, or where Jin, excuse me, um, you know, she's just passive. She didn't want to be a part of the war. She didn't want to be a part of the, the rebellion. Um, and you still don't understand why very well in the books, or excuse me, in the movie, the, the books definitely explain it a little bit better. Um, uh, there's a book, Rebel Rising, written by Beth Revis that was very good. Actually, is the, uh, what happened, um, you know, after her parents, you know, her, her mom died, mm -hmm. and then her dad was taken away by Krennic. And, so it fills in all the blanks. And yeah, it fills in. So, you know, the, the first 10 minutes of Rogue One, you know, you have the, the pre-scene of, of <coughs> the, the pre-story of, you know, her, her dad and her mom and her hiding on this world, acting as farmers. And then, you know, Krennic comes in and, and then, you know, obviously her mom was killed and Krennic takes uh, uh, her dad away. And then she's, you know, stuck in the cave. Um, and and Saw Gerrera picks her up. Mm -hmm. And then we flash forward, you know, yeah. 10 yeah. plus years. Yeah. And it's like, well, what happened during 10 years? And, it was filled in very good in the book about, you know, Saw raising her, you know, uh, to survive on her own if need be, um, you know, and, and she was very, uh, she was very active about the, you know, following him and doing what he needed and learning to survive, but at the same time, she took orders, you know, that, that was the whole thing, that's her personality, was she kind of took the orders, and so it was one of those that I just enjoyed her character in the movie standpoint of, she, she's just passive, like a lot of people are, she just kind of goes with the flow doesn't want to be a part of this war, just wants to do her own thing. Um, and I thought her character was uh, different from the whole, oh, I'm the hero, I'm going to live, and I'll, you'll see me in the next movie. Yeah. Where, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I had a feeling, and I think we all did when we went into Rogue One, that they were all going to die. Like, there's no yeah. way. Yeah. They didn't exist in A New Hope or any of the other ones. So mm. how in the world are we going to have these people live, any of them live for that matter? Um, right. Didn't we so, say, though, at one point, Brian and I, you and I were discussing... <clears throat> That not all of them had to die. Yeah, I mean, you would, you, but, yeah, you I mean, there were, I think, I'm sure we probably did, did where it's they, like, did they have to kill everyone? Like, yeah, but the fact of the matter is, it does, it, it, it makes more sense when you think of, because, I mean, basically all that move, the, the purpose of that movie is to fill in a gap right. between episode three, episode four. Rebels is doing that as well. And you're getting a larger sense of what was going on in the galaxy before New Hope. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, it does make sense that obviously it's like none of those characters are going to live. It's like, obviously, you know, none of them are a part of a New Hope. And it's like you basically come in after their job is done. Right. So Leia already has the plan. So it's like we know what happens from there what happened before and it was it was a great idea by John Knoll yeah. to to come up with hey what if we do this and it's like that you know nobody necessarily thought that would be you know something oh well what if we do this i mean that's an interesting idea plus it allows you to do like you said daniel it's a war movie right so it you're basically doing a star wars Equivalent of a war movie, you know. What type of movie are we going to get with uh, Han Solo? I think I would be kind of surprised if it's not more of a heist movie. Yeah. If it's more of like an Ocean's Eleven type right. movie or something like that, where you know that. there's going to be action, obviously, because it's Star Wars, but there's also going to be humor. 
because of the fact that it's Han Solo. Han Solo. Lando Calrissian. Yeah. And with Ron Howard directing, but Ron Howard's still a pretty astute comedic filmmaker. Um, you know, I mean, but it's not going to be well, like. Good segue to like get into like how how all the all the directors are being. Oh, we can definitely talk about that. I mean, yeah, and and because I mean, the fact that better is, it's like there's so much to talk about with regards to Disney and it, so their their reign of Lucasfilm right now. And Kathleen Kennedy is, yeah. I mean, Kathleen Kennedy really was the only choice for. To run Lucasfilm, yeah, absolutely. really was. Um, I mean, she was Spielberg's producer forever, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, she worked with both of them. I mean, I, you know, Frank Marshall, who I think they were husband and wife, if they're not still husband and wife. I mean, I know they they produced together. Frank Marshall produced, helped produce uh, Raiders. Yeah. So I mean, he he had history with them. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Kathleen Kennedy, the past year, when it has looked like things are not necessarily going to turn out that well with these, I mean, she hasn't been afraid to uh, cut loose of filmmakers, sometimes deep into production with Solo. I mean, that... That's what was just so... That was what was so jarring about what happened with that movie. So, like, you know, wake up one day, wake up one... Or, you know, like read that in your <coughs> news feed. Yeah. That, you know, all, all of a sudden, like, Solo has a completely different, or like they're they're cutting the drive. Who, who, who are the guys? Uh, Chris Miller and uh, Phil Lord. Yeah. Uh, they'd done the Lego movie. They'd done the uh, Jump Street movies. Mm-hmm. And, and they also did Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, yeah. the first one. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and the, but the thing is, it's not. It's obviously the most high profile because of the fact that they were so deep into production. But even Rogue One, I mean, I don't think Gareth Edwards di- directed the reshoots. I think Tony Gilroy did that. Yeah, yeah. It, um, it went back there. I mean, it, it was back. I mean, here, here's the thing. So there's director changes. I know Colin Trevorrow just got cut recently as well. But yeah, if you look at it, so we have Force Awakens, and it was a fantastic movie. Um, you know, yes, there's a lot of similarities with A New Hope. Um, obviously, there's a ton of differences that people don't realize. Again, go read the books. There's a lot more <laughs> in the books that aren't in the movie, uh, such as the the killer uh, uh, killer base is not absorbing a sun. It's actually absorbing dark matter. And if you get deep into that, that's actually Sith-related stuff. Uh, so huh. actually, uh, in the book itself, they don't absorb a sun and then turn that energy into the plasma, which is also interstellar. It's not in the same star system <laughs> when it's shot and destroys the planet. And not only did if, it destroy one, it destroyed multiple planets. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of differences that uh, people want to... Uh, if they had tried to explain that a little bit better in the uh, the movie, I think they, I think a lot of criticism of uh, that part in particular probably would have helped because that's actually much more interesting than, yeah. oh, it's absorbing the sun. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's like... You also have to put a visual in place because now we're watching a movie. And this yeah. is the difference between books and movies. Is so in, in a movie, you just have to watch and visually see and listen to the dialogue that's going on, the music that's going on. Where mm-hmm. in the book, you actually get to read words and then your mind starts to expand more. And then through words, you can be a lot more descriptive when you're when you're reading a book and, and words. I mean, obviously you have the, the quotes of people saying stuff, but then you can go into how they're feeling as they're saying something or what's going on. Yeah. Uh, you know, it goes back to uh, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, in, in Revenge of the Sith book, and this is not in the movie at all, 
Anakin throughout the entire book is actually fighting himself. There's an inner dragon uh, that there's actually two dragons that are going on that are fighting with him and he's trying to take control of them and he finally does control one of the dragons and it ended up being the other way around where actually the dragon took control of him and it's the dark dragon versus hmm. the light dragon. So it, you get into the stuff where there's uh, <coughs> you know, books that help out a lot and so you know you go with you know going going back to where we were originally with you know cut, directors getting cut you know Force Awakens is fantastic though it's similar to New Hope. Then we have Rogue One where it's a completely different you know it's a war movie it's it's bloody it's gruesome it's death there are, you know there are heroes but the heroes don't live the heroes all die yeah um, you know, sorry Alan Tudyk we love you why did you have to die. <laughs> Um, but there was a lot of issues at, with the end of Rogue One. Right before it came out, they were doing reshoots, you know, in June before it was yeah. released in December. Yeah. You know, everybody started freaking out, like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And, you know, we can go, you know, now we go to uh, Han Solo, you know, solo movie, and, and they're in the middle of shooting production, and they ax the directors and, you know, bring on Ron Howard. Uh, but, you know, Kathleen Kennedy, she knows what she's doing. I mean, oh, yeah. we're good. We're in good hands right now. Um, I think... I think we're going to be in good hands until we have a bad movie. And then when we're in a bad movie, then we might start to worry. But <laughs> yeah. you know, at this moment in time, and, you know, Colin Trevorrow just got cut. And, um, you know, that's kind of unfortunate because I think we all agree that, uh, you know, Lost World, or not Lost World, but uh, Jurassic, Jurassic, World. Jurassic World was an amazing movie. And then he had the, uh, the other movie that came out. Uh, Book of Henry. Yeah. Book that, of Henry. That did which... not do very well. And obviously people are thinking, well, maybe it was because of that that he got cut. And I don't think it was because well, of that. A lot of that had to do with, like, what was heard about. And and I mean that was definitely part of it. I mean with Solo, it was basically just the tone of the movie wasn't jiving with the tone of what Lucasfilm wanted. Right. And I mean, I it really shows the respect that they have to Lawrence Kasdan, who co-wrote Force Awakens and was writing uh, and was one of the writers of Solo. That basically, like, this is the vision that we should be going, and it was. Kazan's vision, and it's like Ron Howard's going to bring that on much more. He's going to be much more uh, cognizant of that and be able to bring that more into uh, play than what Miller and Lord did. I mean, Miller yeah. and Lord were basically making a comedy, right. yeah. And it's like, okay, at some point, yeah, I would like to see what really full-on comedic Star Wars movie is going to be like. I don't necessarily... Well, it, it just depends on who's doing it. Yeah. It depends on who's doing it. And I mean, well, obviously the thing, there's going to be serious thing, parts. That's the thing. Like, there's going to be... There should be comedic elements throughout all the movies. I think. Yeah. Keep yeah. Things, you know, because that's the thing. Like, well, that's, that's what I love about Force Awakens. Is it, it, it did have these, these, very, these very intricately placed comedic moments mm -hmm. throughout it that Kind of made it more that all that much more enjoyable. And most importantly, was it's coming from the characters, yeah, exactly. and that's exactly. and that's that's the important part. I mean, that was so who that first? was talk first. You talk first. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that was, but I mean, and that's part of the, and that was part of the uh, miss. I feel like that was a big part of the miscalibration with. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of miscalibrations when it came to Jar Jar, when it came to incorporating humor in the right. prequels, but one of them was. That wasn't genuine to a character. That was him forcing humor right. into a situation that didn't necessarily need it, right. and and didn't necessarily warrant it. And it's like forcing comedic relief, where it's like the reason R two D two and C three PO works so well in the original trilogy 
is because of the fact that it's like you it, it comes out very naturally based on what those characters are, who those characters are, even though they're both robots and one is just speaking in bleeps, based on what C3PO is saying, you know exactly how that interaction is going. Yeah. Right. And I mean that was that was the big miscalculation in with uh Jar Jar, among other things, <laughs> but that was one of the big miscalculations with the prequels was he was forcing humor as opposed to letting the characters be funny in their own right. And that's one of the things that you're right. And it's like you see it in Force Awakens. You even see it in Rogue One mm-hmm. um, with K2SO. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that character is genuinely funny. And it's well, all because of what, what that character is and Alan. Alan Tudyk's performance. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And, and so it's like the idea of, and you're right. I mean, you know, yeah. The idea of a truly comedic Star Wars movie is kind of terrifying. Yeah. Like the idea of, Oh, we're going to do something wacky in space. It's like, uh, so, so long as it's coming from the characters, I think that can work. And I don't think, and that's probably action adventure movies with, you know, any comedic elements coming, like you're saying. Exactly. From it's from characters, it's not story. Yeah. Um, and I I have a feeling, and that was probably what was going on with uh, Solo. And Ron Howard is well, is a much better... Phil Lord, was it Phil Lord? Phil Lord and Chris Miller. They were presumably encouraging a lot of impro- improvisation. Which, improv. no, yeah. no. No, they're, they're, you, they're you, 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 you can't do improv in, in it is in, in a in any science fiction movie, really. Yeah. I mean, you you can't do like how do you how do you improvise in like avid? Well, true. well, presumably if your name's Harrison Ford, exactly. you can do whatever you want because you are really. But good the at thing improv. is, yeah. but the thing is, it's like there's a big difference between you know coming with coming up with. I love you, I know, on the fly, as opposed to, you know, like, Judd Apatow-level improv, improv. Yeah. Like, there's a big difference between those two things. And, I mean, that, yeah, I mean, that. I have a feel, I forgot about the fact that it was, a lot of it was improv, but uh, they were encouraging improvisation, and it's like, yeah, that's not exactly how you do this type of thing. Right. But, uh, again, I mean, that comes with, the filmmaker and it's like i have no doubt that ron howard is gonna make as funny a movie as he feels like that movie can be because he's done he's one of the most versatile filmmakers of all time i think how how much how much how much do they say has been reshot with solo now uh i i I would imagine I would imagine a good percentage of it was because they they were only in the they were in production but they were still kind of earlier production yeah so it's not like it was that much to go back and do a lot of reshoots on I mean I'm sure love I'm sure you had some action beats and stuff like that that probably didn't need to be gone back in and stuff like that and you I'm sure you've got some moments I I don't think it's gonna be as jarring as say Superman two when like Richard Lester took over for Richard Donner. I don't think it's going to be, and you could obviously see the difference in tones. I don't think that's going to be the case. And the fact about it is it's like Ron Howard's a talented enough filmmaker to where it's like, you're not going to see the scenes. 
in yeah. in that movie. I think you're, and you know, going to uh, Trevorrow, it's like, yeah, I do think you know what Ron says as far as like you know his his the way he is behind the scenes, the way he he is behind the scenes, and I don't think it necessarily had a lot to do with uh, Book of Henry just not being a good movie because it wasn't. But I don't. I saw the movie, and I don't necessarily think it had, it had as much to do with him as it did with the material he had. Plus, it's plus. I know part of the reason that they uh, part of the reason that they uh, let him go and gave it over back to J.J. Uh, Abrams was the fact that it's like there wasn't really they he wasn't necessarily taking the story in the du- direction they wanted to go. I mean, especially with the third part of a trilogy, I think that's important. I mean, you, you, yeah, you want a personal stamp onto it, but ultimately it's, it's part of a series and it's part of a larger story. And it's like, you want it to be, you, you want to take it in a very specific uh, way. And if you have that planned out, it's like, you want to see that follow through. So, yeah. Well, let's, uh, I'm curious what your thoughts are. So we just talked about directors getting cut, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know, reshoots and then getting cut. Yeah. But then let's talk about, so The Last Jedi is not even out yet. You know, we're a week away from The <laughs> Last Jedi being released. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so we had J.J. Abrams, and then we have uh, Ryan Johnson, and then we had Colin Trevorrow who got cut. And then everybody's like, okay, so who's going to fill in for Colin Trevorrow? And, you know, everybody's like, Ryan Johnson, Ryan Johnson, right? I, I, <laughs> I think we all agree that we're all for Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. I think unrealistically, we also want Spielberg to potentially be one, but that was not going to happen either. Um, but then, you know, out of out of nowhere, J.J. Abrams gets it, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, but let's, Ryan Johnson didn't get it. Why? Because behind the scenes, there's something going on that we didn't know. That he's he's, he's his developing a trilogy of his own. Yeah. And... You know, it's like the fact of the matter is, I I think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of people concerned about J.J. Abrams finishing the trilogy because they have issues with uh, Force Awakens as a film. But the fact of the matter is, it's like Episode Nine is going to be in a different position than Force Awakens was. Right. Force Awakens, I get why they harken back to you know, a new hope a lot because honestly, that's kind of how like the first movies of all of these trilogies have been, right. you know, they've always sort of circled back on one another. But the thing is, it's like, just because of the fact that it's like the movie Abrams made in force awakens harkens back a lot to new hope doesn't necessarily mean, Oh, this is going to be return of the Jedi. It's like, no, yeah. not necessarily. It's going to be its own thing. And a lot of that is going to be, where the story of Last Jedi takes us. And yeah, I mean, I, deep down, it's like, yeah, it would have been really exciting to have Rian Johnson finish up the trilogy. I mean, I thought he was originally, when they signed him for Episode Eight, he was also going to be a uh, writer on Episode Nine as well. He was going to help out with the story. And that may still very well be true. He probably will still have a story credit. He might still have a story credit on there. But yeah, like you said, one of the things we learned recently is the fact that he is he is overseeing a new trilogy. Mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, this is where this is where I'm finally really, really getting hyped up about the potential of this deal with Disney because of the fact that I get 
why they've had to start, why they felt the need to start these new rum movies the way they did. Like you, you do the sequel trilogy, obviously, because seven, eight, nine, you finish that arc with uh, Luke, Leia, and Han. And then you have Rogue One, which harkens back to episode th- to A New Hope. You have Han Solo, you know. Young Han Solo. You know, yeah, you have Young Han Solo. And then, you know, yeah, there have been other ideas made about like, oh, well, maybe they'll do an Obi-Wan movie with Ewan McGregor. Maybe they'll right. do Boba Fett. And it's like all that still could be in the cards. I'm looking forward to new stuff. I want characters I've never seen before. I mean, that's that's been the big frustrate. If if I've had frustration with the beginning of this, it's the fact that it's like we haven't seen really original stuff, and so the idea of you know it, it frustrates me the idea of people being disappointed that Rian Johnson is not necessarily going to do a Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. It's like. I don't, I mean, I don't have the same relationship with that material that you do. <laughs> right. I, I don't want pre-existing material being adapted. I just want original stuff with original characters I've never heard of, original universes, and all so that. So, the old Republic trilogy yeah. does sound pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so there, obviously there's, there's the main universe of the Luke Skywalker saga as we know it, but, you know, there's other things going on it's throughout forever. Act. It's one big yeah. juggling act. You know, um, you know, yeah. I mean, I want to see, I want to see the stuff that's, you know, that's going to probably be considered more fan service than anything else, but I just, I'm also with you, Ryan. I want to see more original material, but I, you know, I, but I have faith, I have faith in the people that have, that are, that are in charge of these movies. I have faith yeah. in them. Will, they will, yeah. We will eventually see it. A good balance of both. Mm-hmm. So that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked, I mean, you know, being a, a book reader, and I, I actually was not much into the comics at all, but I've read all the books, and, you know, there are certain aspects of, like, you you want to go, like, way back before. Like, obviously, we had the, you know, the, the Republic, the old Republic. Or, excuse me, you had the Republic as we saw it in the prequels, and then, you know, obviously, we saw the downfall, you know, the Republic turned to the Empire. But, like, I'd like to go back, you know, a lot of us like to go back further and see stuff. And it would be a lot of new material for people, though, because most people only know Star Wars from the movie and the TV show standpoint. Mm-hmm. Some people only know it from a movie standpoint. Yeah. Some of it only know it from the original trilogy standpoint. Some of it know it from, like, the prequels <laughs> and the trilogy, original trilogies. And some of them know it from the cartoons. But we're still talking just, they know it from the cinematic <laughs> side of it. Yeah. And, you know, they don't go to the story side of it, if you will. So there's a, you know, there's a lot of material. And, and honestly, I think that, where Ryan Johnson <coughs> could go with this is characters that if you are in, you know, the expanded universe uh, now known as Legends or even maybe some of these other characters that were briefly touched on that they might show up in this new trilogy of his. But, you know, I, I think it's definitely a, a, an idea of having new material, but you can have new material in an old setting, like going back to the old Republic. Oh, yeah. You don't have to have yeah. Raven specifically or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, getting some of those guys and actually one of the things I've enjoyed is seeing them bring in some of the old material that are now legends into this. So, you know, if we go to rogue one briefly, um, you know, they brought in Jen and, and that whole team that ends up dying uh, at the end on Scarif. But uh, if you go back to the legends book, you know, there's the Han Solo trilogy and it was actually rebel Dawn, uh, where this exact same thing took place. This exact same story took place, not in, not in Scarif per se, but 
You know, there was a, a rebel insurgent team that goes into this planet. They steal these plans, the Death Star plans, and they beam it out uh, yeah. to another ship. And that was actually the end of the book. That they lost communication with that team that was down there. So it was presumed that they were all killed. Um, and that was actually in the legend that was uh, Han Solo's girlfriend at the time. Um, so, and Han Solo had chosen not to go, I forget exactly why, but hmm. he actually was not a part of the rebellion, uh, where she kept going with the rebellion. Right. Um, so it, it's one of those, like, they, they nicely tie in stuff like that. So, you know, we have Rebel Dawn, the third book in the Han Solo trilogy, that is very much like Rogue One, though they're different characters, they're different places, mm-hmm. even the action is still different, you know, the results were still the same. The entire team in Rebel Dawn died. Just like the entire team in Rogue One died, so uh, you know, being able to see where they'll bring in stuff like that, uh, Ben, you know, Ben Solo, you know, Kylo Ren, and, and still assuming that Kylo Ren is actually Han Solo and, and uh, Princess Leia's son, because there's even theories that maybe they're adopted parents. Hmm. You know, uh, I've been reading a lot about that. It, it's it's intriguing. I, I hope it's not true, but yeah, you know, uh, Ben was uh, actually in the uh, expanded universe was actually Luke Skywalker's son uh, with Mara Jade, his wife, who was the Emperor's hand. So. Yeah, you know, uh, having Ben the name come back in, and we question, well, was, it, was he named after Ben Kenobi, and or you know, from a fan side of it, you know, he could have been named after Ben Luke's son, mm-hmm. who happened to be named after Ben Kenobi. So, you know, some of this old material, the the uh, legend stuff being thrown into newer movies, and it's it's little little pieces here and there, but you know, it, it's very intriguing to see where Ryan Johnson's going to go with the new trilogy. I like the idea as well as, you know, hopefully it's just a trilogy and that's it. Not you know a trilogy that turns into yeah. a trilogy, which yeah. turns into another. So now we have <laughs> a three part, a triple trilogy. Another another uh, three part trilogy yeah. where it's like no. And the fact of the matter is, it's like I I have no problem with the idea of bringing ideas in from all of this previous material into new pro- projects. I mean, look at Rebels. Like you you brought in Ahsoka Tano at the end of season one. You brought in Darth right. Vader. You brought in Thrawn in yeah. season three, and that was a fantastic addition. Yep. And it's I like know. it's fan service for the people who know Thrawn from the Timothy Zahn books, but it's also a damn good character and a damn good addition to this new story that you've been telling. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm all for... I, I have no problem with the idea of bringing in elements and ideas. And yeah, I mean, I have no doubt that the sequel trilogy has, been, has easily been touching on, you know, previous, you know, legends, uh, ideas, legends. I, I mean, we know it is, but they're not doing straight adaptations. And I think that's the thing that's frustrating for people, but it's one of the things that I'm fine with. It's like, it's one thing to... If you do adaptations, you're, you know, it's like adapting a book. It's like you're basically going to hamstring a filmmaker to do their, from doing their own thing. If you want to hew so closely to, so, so closely to the original material. But if you bring in that material in an interesting way, like I feel like they've been doing, that, that changes things. I mean, it changes people's, perceptions of what you're doing. I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why, you know, yeah, as if you want to do a story within the setting of the Old Republic, yeah, fine, do that. Just don't necessarily feel like you have to do something that's already been done. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I completely agree because uh, the 
you know, I enjoy the the books and all are great, and, and I love them, and I love I, I completely understand why Disney had to uh, you know when Disney purchased Lucasfilms had to you know cut off and say um, you know now you guys are listed as canon, um, but I do like how they're slowly bringing in just certain characters. I mean, Thrawn that that's really what rejuvenated this this franchise after Return of the Jedi is is it was Thrawn. Yeah. It, it was Timothy Zahn. Um, and so, you know, being a huge, huge fan favorite <coughs> of him, um, you know, bringing him back in and showing that, hey, we can take stories from the Legends world, the expanded universe world, and slowly bring them in, you know, certain, and we don't have to bring them all in. Obviously, don't do that, because that's going to be awful. But bring in certain characters that are very, very good, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Timothy Zahn and Thrawn, and they wrote a book called Thrawn, and now there's a new book called Thrawn Allegiance, which is about Darth Vader and Thrawn. Uh, so I'm excited to see where that happens because obviously from a expanded universe, Thrawn and Darth Vader were never together. Darth Vader's dead. Emperor yeah. Palpatine's dead. Now Thrawn takes over. Uh, you know he takes over the entire uh, galactic empire at that point. So I'm excited for this book coming out to see. You know we're taking this character that was in the Legends universe. He's now a part of the canon universe, and now we get to actually see him interact with somebody that he never got to interact with. And he's a very tactician. Mm-hmm. He's very thoughtful. He's very strategic and all this stuff where you have Darth Vader who's just a go get it done. He's just going to yeah. force choke everybody to get what he mm. wants. So, uh, so I'm really excited to see stuff like that. So, you know, I, I'm very excited about how Disney has uh, moved forward with the franchise so far, what they've done bringing in, you know, trying to bring in, you know, the fan favorites and, you know, appeasing some of the fans, uh, you know, not throwing necessarily everything out the window, but bringing mm-hmm. some of it in. And, yeah. And you can't have, you have to cut off the old stuff because, if you know, like you were saying, you can't trying to adapt movies from the stuff that's already out there, especially when Star Wars books at one point had you know when you went from uh, Del Rey to Bantam back to Del Rey now, you know, and you had a set of authors and you went to a different set of authors and you went back, you, you can't have the same stories, the same thought process, the same ideas because even back then they didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, it really wasn't until Star Wars got back into Del Rey's hands the second time around where there was truly a all right, here's where we're going to start and we're going to move forward and though we're going to have 10 different authors, this is the thought we want. And so mm-hmm. I, I like that Disney just cut it all off, said, you're legends now. We don't recognize you or accept any of you. We might bring some of you back in. We'll yeah. They've done some of that and, and move forward. So, you know, it'll be, I, I think if Disney wants to do something really huge and successful uh, from a fan base standpoint of the legends is we need to get the Re- old Republic in there. That, that'll be because that's arguably one of most people's favorite legends parts of the, you know, history, mm-hmm. if you will. Oh, yeah. So, and I'm sure they'll do it. Yeah. I'm sure they'll do it when they're ready. I mean, I'm, I'm, and yeah, because that is an important part of it. I mean, you, you definitely want them to, you definitely want them to be respectful of that and be mindful of that. I mean, I, I you know, I know there's going to be other TV series and stuff like that that they're doing. That may be a good avenue for that. For their new streaming you services, know. too. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody wanted Netflix to do it, but Disney's uh, wanting to create their own streaming service. And yep. Why not a better platform to use theirs and, and announce mm-hmm. a new one? So, yeah. well, speaking of appeasing the fans, yes. are, we, are, we, are we ever going to discuss um, something that would be one of the ultimate things? Is, 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 is you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Okay. 4K edition, unaltered, original Star Wars trilogy? Yes. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Um, Get out I, of my head. So, <laughs> I know 
you know, I know that's been one of the uh, big fingers crossed moments <laughs> in the recent, uh, well, in the recent talk of uh, Disney acquiring uh, Fox's entertainment division. I know it's been one of the big fingers crossed things, you know, and you mentioned it uh, yesterday in a comp in a post that I posted about, uh, you know, yeah, there are some good possibilities when it comes to Disney opening, bo- well, that's, that's opening, that's opening Fox I, TV. That's the thing is, I think I, I think I read a, a direct quote from Kathleen Kennedy. If I'm not, you know, like, yeah. yeah, presumably it was a quote from Kathleen Kennedy saying like, "This is George's move. Those are George's movies." Yeah, we're not we're not gonna touch him. We're gonna leave him alone. And I was like, "Oh come on." I. Now, yes, there is a part of me that still thinks that there's there's a chance that it will happen at some point. Yeah. It may not happen until God forbid George Lucas passes away, but I I can't imagine it not happening, period. Okay. I have a feeling it will happen at some point. The big question is when. Will we be alive? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um I no, I, I I think it would happen I think it would definitely happen in the first generation's lifetime because if it didn't, then what's the point in doing it? Like the first generation's the one that wants it the most. Right. I you know, and the thing is it's like so it's a it's partially it's related to rights issues, uh, because twentieth century Fox owns the original Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. Just the original Lucasfilm owns Empire. Think about all the. I'm sorry, but like think about all the movies that have been, all the old, all the really old movies that have been, you know, re. Oh yeah. That have, that have been cleaned up and everything for for Blu-ray. Yeah. What well, you know, it's like we we're seeing movies that are like, 50, 60 years old. Yeah. You know, getting getting. And that's a profound part of human history. That's a profound part of movie history. I mean, it really is. I mean, I'm I love the fact that I have a box set of most of, a lot of Alfred Hitchcock's finest work. Yeah, I'm grateful for the fact that I have a box set of most of Stanley Kubrick's work. I'm grateful for the fact that it's like movies. But the thing is, it's like here's the and I mean, there's so many complicated ideas and complicated emotions that come with Star Wars and with the unaltered Star Wars. Yeah. Um, and I'm completely sympathetic to all of them because that's part of the reason why I have not uh, purchased the Blu-rays is because I've been holding out hope that one day we will get what we want. It's also got a little bit. Yeah, it 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 really yeah it really is. And I basically have both said that you know we refuse to buy the Blu-rays until they do the until they do the unaltered trilogy. Now, when Episode Nine is done and they do the inevitable nine movie box set of (laughs) those movies, I have a feeling I'll probably be changing my mind regardless of which versions we're getting. Yeah. Um, because the fact of the matter is, it's like, I do want these movies in the best possible format imaginable, which would be Ultra HD for 4K. Ultra HD. Right now, as we um, speak. That, but that, this is where I understand why they haven't done this, because 
technology is changing so much that right now we're at 4K while in Japan they're at 8K, you know? So, yeah. So, you know, while we want, it, you know, and I want a 4K edition, you know, I, I understand why it still hasn't been out yet to an extent. Um, but I, I'm also the guy, I collected all, I have literally every, every single Star Wars in every single format with yeah. the exception of, I don't have Laserdisc. The only one I don't have is Laserdisc. Yeah. Christmas gift. Christmas <laughs> gift if you're listening. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, I had the old VHS individually not in the box that as they were released yeah. and then yeah. i got the yeah. box that when they released it and then they have the thx and i have the mm. special edition widescreen full screen we'll get back to i the i have both stuff. of those you know, i had both of those and then uh and then uh <laughs> let's see where we go from there well then obviously we had the uh, the, the 2004 well we had, yeah the then prequels. We had the prequels come out and they had widescreen full screen i have all that and then we had uh it was 2004 uh, yeah, it was the first DVD set. Yeah, it was a special edition. Obviously, everything special edition. Now. Yeah, and then um, 2006, which is when they released the uh, the bonus features of the unaltered. Yeah, yeah, and I have that. Yeah, and that's we pull out that a lot, and, the, and and that's what I showed Asher. So when we watched the original, uh, when you know, so he saw them the first time as special edition, uh, Blu-ray, and then when we watched it again, I saw this the DVD unaltered yeah. edition. But on a 65-inch 4K TV, it's a small little box, and he's like, "Why is it not filling the whole screen?" Oh, I know. I, I, it's just rough when you watch it. I mean, yeah, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm. I have so many. Uh, I have so many. I have a few DVDs that are not anamorphic widescreen. It kills me right. to see it in just a box. It's yeah. like, what are you doing to me? Yeah. Do you not remember me telling you because, like, I I don't own the Blu-rays. I haven't actually yeah. watched the Blu-rays, but. I've seen I've seen a couple of videos on, on on YouTube to talk about the changes between yeah you know the unaltered version and then the Blu-rays and everything like. Do you remember me telling you about some of those ridiculous ridiculous changes that have been made? Oh, there's a ton. Yeah, there's a ton. Yeah, just, I mean when such head scratchers. I know when you watch you hosted the trilogy before Force Awakens. I did, yeah. And I think I those were all on Blu-ray. Yeah, right. so yeah, so at the time, so uh, you know, it was uh, matter of fact, it was you know two weeks or two years and like a few weeks ago when I had a yeah. trilogy party at my house and we watched four, five, and six mm-hmm. uh, the week of seven coming out and I debated uh, before every before I started the movies of which edition were we gonna watch and I just bought the uh, the Steelbook uh, Blu-ray versions at the time yeah and uh, you know the problem that I had is at the time I had a fifty-five inch TV and I had the DVD unaltered you know original and i'd watch those on myself like the week before and you know it, it's in a little box you know and yeah. i had I, there was what like 20 of us or something like that that came over that day yeah there, were. there was quite yeah. a few of us and, and i'm like all right so we're gonna we're gonna watch these original unaltered on a 55 inch mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me and it's still gonna be inside a small little box and um you know i just decided that to, to watch the blu-ray edition of it um and i actually I didn't have a VHS player, so I couldn't play the VHS because I had thought about that. But I didn't have a VHS player at the time. Now I got one. Uh, but yeah, so I, I picked the Blu-ray. That was the first time you watched it. I think you came in. You missed A New Hope. I missed A New Hope, but I saw Jedi, Empire, uh, Empire and Jedi. And Jedi. Yeah. And, and, and there was little scenes that you're like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Or, and I remember you, you, like, you burst out laughing when we saw Wicked, the Ewok, with Leia. And his eyes blink. You're like, what the hell? What? I for- I think I had forgotten the fact that that was one of the changes they made in the Blu-ray was the fact that the Ewoks blink. And the I do also remember thinking, it's like, okay, some of these choices are not quite as egregious as everybody's making them out to be. I mean, I under, 
you know, I mean, the fact of the matter is, it's like, let, let's be perfectly frank. Star Wars fans are some of the whitiest pop culture fans in yeah. movie history. Um, I mean, you know, I'll gladly include myself in that as well. Because, case in point, I haven't bought the Blu-rays because I don't have the theatrical original versions. But the fact of the matter is, it's like, yeah, I remember watching those, and I'm like, okay, some of these are not that bad. But yeah, I, I think I had completely forgotten about the fact that that was one of the changes they made in uh, Jedi was the fact that they Ewoks blanked. Yeah. And it's like, wow, I, that's weird. <laughs> but the thing is, it's like, I also didn't think they looked as creepy as like some people may amount to be and it's like no they still look like cute ewoks i mean you know they just blink now it's like okay and then you know i i i think the one you know the no where he throws the emperor over it's like it's not as bad as what i was expecting i was expecting like a re repeat of revenge of the sith it's like it doesn't play quite as badly and it's like you sort of rationalize it. It's like, okay, I kind of get why he does it. He's saying that to the emperor, but it's, it's like... So much more powerful. It, oh, yeah, without saying it. Because, I mean, the music takes Less over. More, George. Right? Well, and the thing is, the music takes over. John Williams completely takes over in that moment, yeah. and it's unbelievable. It's, it's arguably the most powerful piece of scoring in any Star Wars movie. That I will... Con always contend that 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 section from the point that vader brings up leia and luke goes at him right, hard right. everything from that point up until the point where vader throws him over the edge mm -hmm. is probably john williams finest hour in the star wars franchise right. and that's saying something that's a good point um, it is, it is always just, that part always moves me every time I watch it because it's, it's done so well, it's performed so well and you just, there's this charge that comes up with that that is just unlike anything else in the, in any of the movies. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's. At some point, like I said, I mean, when episodes one through nine come out in that inevitable nine movie box set, I'm sure I will buy the Blu-rays then, regardless of what's available. Because, you know, I want all nine movies together. It's like, and I do want to see, I do want to see those three movies, those three movies at least in as the best possible format I can watch them in. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for what we're gonna see next week. I'm stoked for what Ryan Johnson has in store. It's like I've been a fan of his. I've been a fan of his since Brick. Uh, I I enjoyed Brothers Bloom. It's probably my least favorite film of his, but I mean, it's still a pretty good movie. Uh, Looper's just really inventive sci-fi time travel movie. Um, Brick was the one that I absolutely loved, though, and I loved the way he played with genre in that movie. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I've been excited about the idea of him making this movie since he was announced. So, and what I've seen of the movie, I've been trying, I've been trying to avoid the TV, the TV ads and stuff like that. So I've just basically 
got the two trailers to tide me over. And it's like, that's all I really want. I mean, I know when I, the big mistake I made when, well, there were a lot of mistakes I made when Phantom Menace came out. Uh, first was trying to rationalize that was a good movie. Um, but, but secondly was the fact that I read literally everything I could possibly get my hands on about that movie going into it. And I kind of regretted that afterwards. It's like, I liked going into episodes two and three with less knowledge of like what was going into the movies and stuff like that. And so when the new movies have come in, it's like, I'm avoiding as much as I can. I mean, I'm still hyped about it, but I'm, I'm just avoiding it. I'm avoiding a lot of the noise. Yeah. I'm trying to avoid a lot of the noise. I mean, you know, and that's hard to do on the internet. <laughs> uh, but the fact that better is, it's like, it's, it's really, for me, it's, it's really gotten me more excited about these movies than, I mean, I probably have been since, uh, Anytime since uh, Fan Menace. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm the same way on this one. So when The Force Awakens <coughs> came out, I devoured everything. I mean, every little mm. knowledge you have, every TV spot. I mean, I, I was in front of the TV being sucked into it. And But with The Last Jedi, it's just like, you know what? There was a lot of stuff that I read originally on Force Awakens that really kind of, after watching the movie, it was like, oh, I'm glad they didn't do this, or oh, I wish they would have done that. That, you know, you could say that some of The Force Awakens was. Obviously, I was very thrilled, loved it. It was a great movie. Yeah. And there were things like, man, this wasn't in there. I was really hoping this was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so with The Last Jedi, it's kind of been the same thing. I've, I've seen the two trailers. Uh, you know, the, We saw the first one, Star Wars Celebration, and then they just released one uh, not too long ago. Yeah. Um, and that's it. I haven't watched TV spots. I haven't read anything. I mean, I'm on mm-hmm. Facebook or Twitter, and I just scroll right through that. I try not to read any of it. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's... There's some stuff that I, I have accidentally read, you know, by reading other <laughs> stuff about, I am reading about Ryan Johnson and something else. Yeah. Me. Like, ah, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> um, uh, but, yeah, it's just uh, very much like you with uh, Phantom Menace. The, you know, Force Awakens was my, my weak point where I devoured it all. And this one, I'm trying to avoid it all. I just want to walk in, sit down, eat my milk dudge, drink a Dr. Pepper. Yeah. And, and enjoy it and, and see what happens and go from there. And, and you know, and, and I don't want to compare it to, well, here's what we did in New Hope. Here's what we did in Force Awakens. Here's what Empire Strikes Back did. So, what are you gonna do? Um, you know, I, I I do very much want a dark tone. I think we're gonna get a dark tone. Oh yeah. Um, but I and you know I don't want any similarities outside. I think I, I and I don't think we are. I mean, this is yeah. Ryan Johnson who did Looper and Brick and Three for a complete turn. And you had no idea what was going on and uh, and so that's that's what I'm actually hoping. I'm hoping that like we see one thing and then boom. Something else totally different, you know, than what we were expecting or thinking or anticipating to happen. Yeah, and and hearing early on in the process, I think before they even started filming, like Lawrence Kasdan saying that like he was he was kind of he he didn't even know what to he was surprised by what he had written and what he had seen in Rian Johnson's script. That it's like, wow, I this is this is something else. And it's like the fact that you hear that from one of the main architects of this new part of the franchise, it's, I mean, I think, you know, I completely get where you're coming from with Force Awakens because, like like you said, I mean, that was, that was the same way I was with Fan Mess. I basically devoured everything before 
before seeing it. I, I think part of the reason for me for doing that was it'd been so long since we got something new. Right. It'd been 16 years since Return of the Jedi came out. I'm not even including the Ewok TV movies and that. <laughs> um, but as far as movies, it's like, yeah, I, I had... It was the first new one in a while, and Force Awakens was the first new one since Revenge of the Sith. You know, not including the Clone Wars four episodes. Oh, we'll put it out theatrically, even though it's really, you can tell it's just four episodes of the TV series um, put together. But, uh, yeah, and and I, I think it's natural that you do that, and then... Then you realize what you did, and it's like, okay, I need to calm down. And I mean, especially with the explosion of the internet, yeah. you're not going to, you're, it's hard to avoid anything when it comes to these movies. It's like, obviously, you're going to hear spoilers. Obviously, you're going to hear people say, oh, well, this may be the case. This may be the case. It's like, why can't you just, like, calm down and just let it happen? Like, and that's the thing. It's like, that's that's something that we haven't really had the opportunity to do. And the internet makes it hard. It really does make it hard to do that because it's like, like no, you I said, you're I looking totally... at Twitter. It's like, okay, I'm avoiding that. Not read that, not read that, not read that. It's like, I want to know nothing. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, I totally stumbled upon something this afternoon that I don't know if I should with you guys it's a little it's it's, it's a little it's i'm i'm thinking like it, it's from a it's from a tv spot like how yeah many, how many of us have been following the tv spot well we 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 yeah we we were just talking about it. it's like neither of us have watched the tv spots yeah I like don't know what you might be referring to uh because i actually, this is one of the ones where i'm scrolling through and you see you're like dang it yeah exactly right. uh, the one where ray uses the force to like call Kylo Ren's lightsaber. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm talking. Yeah, like that, it's a little tiny blip. It's like it's almost like a vine or something. Yeah, but it's just like you see Ray using the Force to call Kylo Ren's lightsaber. She grabs and she ignites it. It's like, uh, well, now yeah. you ruined it for me because I didn't see that. I saw a picture of her holding his lightsaber. Oh, but now that she uses the Force, I don't know what that means. Wow. Okay. Thanks for spoiling that. I'm not going to watch this movie now. Gosh. Oh, <sighs> it's over with. Oh, okay. so does that mean you're getting rid of your tickets for opening night? Yeah, a thousand dollars. Whoever doesn't have one, <laughs> <laughs> each. By the way, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah. I saw that spot too, and I just, I, I don't even want to think. I've been trying to not think about it all day, or think about what it could be, what it yeah. means, and yeah. now that puts a different perspective. So I'm gonna have to not think about it. Sorry. <laughs> 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 <Yeah. laughs> well, the fact the matter is, it's like it, again, it goes to the fact that it's like it's so difficult to, it, it's so difficult to avoid spoilers yeah. it's so difficult to avoid yeah, any information like like that's totally what amazing. are you doing <laughs> and then that's, that's the thing it's and and that's the thing like i you know i can look back at now hindsight being 2020 and go what was i thinking i mean okay i know what i was thinking i know what i was feeling you know wanting to know as much about the movie as possible but it's like I'm not that I'm not watered that way anymore. Right. Like I love not knowing. I mean, it's not just Star Wars. It's any movie. Like I would much rather not know anything about a movie going in other than, you know, some basic cursory information I would get from a trailer, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, this person's making it, this person's making it, and all that. Yeah. I would much rather go in that way and be surprised by the choices that are made in the film than feel like I know the entire movie going in. Right. You know, and it's like, I think that was, and admittedly, it's like, I can't help but think about that. It was funny. Somebody I follow on Twitter did a uh, sarcastic post of all the track listings for the Last Jedi <laughs> one. And it was basically like track one, track two, track three. It's like, and, you know, basically just the jokingly. The tracks were like major spoilers. Yeah, except they really weren't. And it's like, it's obviously sarcasm. The death of, the death of Poe Dameron. And and the thing is, it's like you look at you know that was obviously a famous you know thing that they accident that they did when the oh, soundtrack yeah. for Fan Mess came out. It's like it ruined the fact that it's like the funeral of Qui Gon right. was one of the titles. It's like what are you doing? Yeah, right. It's like, yep. but uh, no, I mean I you know it's like yeah I can look at I I get where people are coming from, but it's like I'm not at that point anymore. I'm at the point where it's like. I don't want to know anything about the movie going in. I want to know. I want to be surprised. Yeah. And, you know, then I will make my decision as to how well they succeed in doing what they want to do. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, it's you know, we, we could go on forever talking about this subject. It's like we, we had several hours talking about it at a Star Wars celebration and going, going to coming from it. It's like, yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I know that they're, you know, it's like part of the reason why I enjoyed, I wanted to do this with you two is because of the fact that, A, I enjoy talking with you on this subject. B, I mean, I I like the idea of sharing, you know, hey, I've got people on here, I've got people in my life who have interesting ideas on these movies and have their own inter- ideas on these movies. And it's like, I want to help bring that out. And it's like, I... I enjoy I enjoy talking to you guys about it. And it's like it helps me because of the fact that it's like I I learn more talking about you about like what's in the books, what's not in the books, and stuff like that. Then it's like, oh hey, that's actually no, talk, pretty interesting. Talking to Daniel makes me want to read the books. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Seriously, you should. I need to. Like I've got I've got a couple. I've got aftermath. And I've got Ahsoka. I, I still need I to wanting, dig into I, those. I keep wanting. I keep wanting to. Get into the books by way of that very first Timothy Zahn trilogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the one, the one that like you know has yeah Leia and Han still. It's like it's mm-hmm. supposedly just a couple years set a couple years after yeah. Jedi, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. It, it's not long after. Yeah. So I, I actually I had somebody ask me. It was just a, a couple months ago. They're like, you know, I'm thinking about reading the book. Oh no, she's gonna get her daughter in the books. So and she's like, what should I get? Like I don't know where to go. And and I was like, well. You know, obviously there's the legend side of me that says you always have to start off with Thrawn. And, yeah. And you do. I mean, honestly, yeah. if you don't know Star Wars or, or from a book perspective, you got to start off with Thrawn because that, mm-hmm. that literally just kind of... Thrawn leads you into the whole legends category and, and where to go from there. Because once you read that, then that a lot of those characters repeat themselves later on. So it's, it's that part. Mm-hmm. And definitely start with Thrawn. And then I would argue that the next one from there is probably the next greatest trilogy in that... Uh, universe uh the legends universe of um kevin j anderson wrote the uh uh jedi temple uh trilogy uh which was about like luke skywalker who uh created a jedi temple on yavin 4 base in the old uh, rebel base mm. and then it brings in uh, xr kong who is a, a old sith that had left his spirit and one of the uh uh 
Temple's there and, and one of the students uh, found it and, and started going down a dark path. And we kind of reintroduced, you know, the, the same theme again of, uh, of the original Star Wars trilogy of a guy that was good that turned bad and came back to good at the end. And we did it in three books, but it was, it was just really good to see him create this Jedi Temple, which, mm-hmm. you know, and I would talk about going forward into Force Awakens. And, you know, we had the flashback from Ray of yeah. the temples burning. And, we you know, we assume it's Luke's temple was being burned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we still have no answers to what, who, why, how, or any of that. Um, so that's where I would start off with the legends is definitely start with Grand, uh, the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. And all of Timothy Zahn's books are fantastic. He's arguably the best Star Wars author. I'm glad that they brought him back on. Um, mm-hmm. He did the uh, Timothy Zahn trilogy. Then he did the ha- uh, Thrawn duology, which was uh, a clone impersonation, if you will, of Thrawn. It wasn't a true clone. It was somebody else that looked like Thrawn. Mm-hmm. Where they uh, just taught him to speak, act, and you know he looked like him. Where um, was um, which book kills off Chewbacca? Uh, so Chewbacca was killed off, and, and we all hate R.A. Salvador, because he <laughs> him, dirty, dirty person you, uh, and he got a lot of death threats. I asked because uh, Chewie's my favorite character. So. Yeah. Uh, that was actually in the uh, the first book of the uh, Yuuzhan Vong uh, billion book trilogy, or series, that was, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't even remember the name of that book, honestly, um, but that, that, it was a, that was a really good series. Um, it was really long. Um, I like the way they adapted lots of different authors into it. Um, but it was the first book in that trilogy, and basically, uh, Chewie gave his life to save um, Anakin Solo, the youngest of the uh, mm-hmm. three kids of the Soul Side. So yeah. they had twins, and then they had Anakin, and uh, Chewie saved Anakin by sacrificing himself as a planet was being destroyed. He uh, threw him in the ship, if you will. And uh, so yeah, so that, that was that one. Um, <clears throat> but you know, if you're going into the canon stuff, which uh, is also some really, really good material, and again, there's some bad material already that we've gotten. <laughs> um, the Aftermath trilogy uh, that Chuck uh, Wendig wrote was is fantastic. He, he's almost in the canon side of it, what Thrawn, or what uh, Zahn was on the, the mm-hmm. legend side of it. It's, it's a very good trilogy. Um, really funny. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> Mr. Bones is a character in there that is actually a robot that uh, was created um, by the other main character, and he's throughout the whole uh, book, and he's got the same K2SO mentality, you know, funny humor here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's definitely a good one. Obviously, Thrawn was back, brought back in, and his stuff, you know, the, the Thrawn book that Zahn wrote uh, for canon was really good. Yeah. Um, so those those are the two that I would start off with. Uh, you got to start with Timothy Zahn, or you have to bring Timothy Zahn in there, because it was just as good as the original and the mm-hmm. Legends. Uh, but Chuck Wendig, to me, that, that Aftermath trilogy, you've got one of them up there. Yeah. Um, that's a really good series. And then I was really impressed with another um, lady. She's new to it, um, and she's been uh, about um, Princess Leia, um, Claudia Gray. As, uh, she's written a couple of Leia books. Hmm. Um, we got one called Bloodlines that takes place right after, um, not right after, but shortly after Return of the Jedi, and it's like building up the Republic, and it's, you know, we all question, well, why wasn't Leia the, you know, uh, High power supreme officer or supreme yeah. commander. Mm-hmm. Why is she in this? You know, uh, this uh, the resistance. You know, why is she not a part of what was destroyed mm-hmm. in the New Republic? And um, the book answers that question very good about you know it was uh, basically politics. You know, politics. And uh, one of the politicians found out that Darth Vader was her father before she ever told anybody outside of Luke and Han mm-hmm. uh, about uh, Darth Vader being her dad. Uh, not yeah. even not even Ben Solo. You know, Kylo Ren knew about it. Um, he found out from the media, actually. So, hmm. um, 
So Claudia Gray, that, that was called Bloodlines. That was a really good one. And then she even wrote Princess Leia, which I just finished. It's actually, this goes all the way back before Princess Leia. This, uh, before, you know, even before New Hope. This was her uh, training to be in the uh, Senate, the Empire Senate at the time. Okay. And takes place, like, her training, her parents, and everything like that. Uh, you read a lot more about her dad and her mom, which we don't even know. Her mom's never even mentioned. Yeah. You briefly see her for, like, five seconds at the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. She actually has a very big role in how Leia is who Leia is, hmm. and how she developed that way. So uh, Claudia Gray has really surprised me in her two books I've read. Um, oh, and there's a third one called Lost Stars, and Lost Stars was a good one about, takes place through the original trilogy. It, it starts before A New Hope, and it finishes after Return of the Jedi, and, and it ties in some of the movie pieces, but from a different perspective. Um, so basically it's just, Two, two people that meet up on a planet, uh, and they end up falling in love, and they join the, uh, the Empire together, um, you know, and then they go through the training courses and everything like that, and then they get split up, uh, one station on the Death Star, the other one is a TIE fighter pilot, and, and they kind of just keep crossing back and forth, and they're, they're, they're lovers, but they never got married and, and stuff, mm-hmm. and then he ends up joining the Rebellion, and then... And, and and from there they catch up again <laughs> later, and I'm not going to show you how, tell you how they catch up. But another great book. So Claudia Gray has really surprised me as well. I mean, so there's there, there's six books right there that I just mentioned. That yeah, seven books. Uh, I have to go to Barnes and Noble. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't have to go to Barnes and Noble. I got yeah. them. Just return them in mint condition because that's what they're in. You can borrow them. But, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so the books are you know you definitely need to read books. I mean, I know a lot of people are Star Wars fans based on movies, but it gets a lot lot more into it than yeah. just the movies. So, yeah. and it takes a while to read for some people, I understand. But uh, you know, when I worked at Regal with uh, Brian, I read Star Wars in the box office. <laughs> and, uh, our GM, or our excuse me, our DM was not very fond of that. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, that's where I literally read uh, a ton of my uh, Legends books. I, I easily read thirty Legend books while working at Regal mm-hmm. in the box office. So, and it just yeah. kept kept going from there. So, um, but there, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of story and history outside of the movies that. Mm-hmm. It intrigues people that have read it, and then you know, and infuriates some other people, especially in the legends world, because they can't give up the fact that Disney just cut it off. And yeah. Why yeah. can't we yeah. just go with this? And you have to. You got to start somewhere new, mm-hmm. fresh. And you, so that, I understood, and I'm, I was all for it. I was. Yeah. No, I, I have no, I had no problem with Disney acquiring Lucasfilm. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, it. It. I mean, if. I. I mean, I. I if anything. I was. I was surprised when it happened. I mean, I had heard that. You know, we had heard months before that Kathleen Kennedy was going to take care of, take over Lucasfilm, but we didn't know that was long before the acquisition with Disney was finalized. I've enjoyed all the memes and everything that, like, you know, that have been bitching about this stuff. Yeah, those have been funny to watch. You know, like all the people that like are all the haters who mm-hmm. who do have a problem with Disney acquiring Star Wars, but I I, I personally I think. We're in good hands. Well, oh yeah, absolutely, and I definitely agree with that. And I mean, I I think a lot of the hate was because of the fact that it's like you look at what Disney is, and it's like I think they were worried that it was going to be what you know Disney, Disney is, yeah, as opposed right. to you know, Let's well look at what look look at what they're doing with Marvel. They're letting Marvel do their thing, right. and it's like they're not making it Disney fied. I mean, you know, it's like. You'll yeah, you may occasionally see a movie like Big Hero Six where they adapt a Marvel property into an animated film, but that's not necessarily gonna be, you know, if Marvel Studios is doing something, 
Marvel Studios is in charge. Like, Lucasfilm is in charge of this. It just happens to be a part of Disney. And, yeah, I mean, I've wanted to, uh, you know, yeah, for, for most of my life, it's like all I knew were the movies. I knew there were books out there, but it's like I was, I've never been a big reader, so it's like I've never really gotten into them. Um, but with the new, with the acquisition of Disney, it's like I have Aftermath here, I have Ahsoka here. Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters of in Star Wars, yep. based on where they took her in Clone Wars and then what they brought to her in Rebels when they brought brought her in. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's like, I definitely want to get into the books. I mean, that's a great, all of those books, you know, based on what I know about the, what the book series from you, Daniel, it's like those, that's a pretty good list to start. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely... I, I'm pretty sure Daniel could teach a... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would love it, if there was a Star Wars class in the school somewhere to teach it, I would love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can honestly see those, see that being like one of the kind of like, like a, like like in college, like one of those credits that like extra career. I'm I'm actually oh, yeah I'm actually I'm ca- I'm, see Daniel teaching a class in that. Oh yeah. Room, you know oh I mean? yeah, absolutely. You know, I we we have we we've covered a lot of ground, I think, and it's like we we've had a really good talk, and it's like as much as I would like to see this go on for a little bit longer, because I know I could go on longer with you guys talking about yeah, Star Wars. Have... We we will probably uh, wrap it up here, you know, and hope and hopefully we will do it again sometime. I definitely want to uh, talk more as far as as far as where the Star Wars universe is going, and it's like. It's because it's it's not going away anytime soon. I mean, that's the big, that's the big important takeaway from the acquisition with Disney, but also with the new movies with Ryan Johnson doing a trilogy. And the more we learn about that, when Han Solo comes out, Last Jedi Episode Nine, all of that. And I am, I am, I know you guys were talking about this earlier, but I am glad that, that Episode Nine is. I think like oh yeah I I, I, I am too I do I do think it's in, in, in capable hands oh yeah I just I mean I, I don't want I don't I don't want to I don't want to believe that like he's gonna you know copy Return of the Jedi you know, or, no and I I don't think you I don't I think don't, that'll happen I don't think he will either it's it's hard it's hard not to like you know like go there but it's, yeah it's hard not to go there but at the same time I I think you know, I I have faith I have faith. Oh yes, as 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 do I. I mean, you know, it's like I I get why Force Awakens was the movie it was. I'm also excited about the fact that it's like I don't feel like Last Jedi is going to be the movie. It's not just going to be a carbon copy of Empire. I I I don't think, you know, and I I think that was one of the big problems with the prequel trilogy, where it's like they I I feel like with Attack of the Clones, with a lot of the uh, criticism that the fan men's got i feel like he he kind of made that movie dark for the sake of oh well it's like it's gotta be dark and it's like oh people are expecting it to be like empire it's like i mean it's very much not but it's also you know that that story the the fact of better is there were a lot of mistakes in telling that story i feel like i still feel that way 
Um, but we could we could talk about that for another half hour. But it's yeah. like we we should probably wrap it up here. Um, but thank you, Daniel, for making the time with us to do this. Um, I'm glad the three of us were able to get together and do this. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate um, it. We'll definitely have to do it again. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure we'll have a lot to say after Last Jedi, after finally say, seeing it next week. Uh, the last time we did a Star Wars podcast, it was like, <laughs> it was like a week before Force Awakens comes out. Now we're doing... It was, it was actually... Was no, it was, next, it was... It was the... going to be like a week before <laughs> Episode Nine comes out, or... No, hopefully we'll do something more recent. I mean, there the fact of better is it's like I, I'm starting to get a much better idea of what I want to do with uh this podcast. And it's like I want to do more regular stuff. I want to you know, this is only like episode twenty three in two years. It's like I want it to be like episode twenty three of the year, if I'm doing if I'm being perfectly honest. But uh you know, so yeah, I mean I've no, we we will not go two years without doing another Star Wars podcast. I mean, you know, look at it this way: it, this time next year, there will be two Star Wars movies already out wow. to discuss. I mean, we'll probably know more about what TV shows they're going to do. We'll probably know more about, you know, the way Rebels ended and all that stuff. We'll have a Star Wars so, hotel from Disney. Thank you, Disney. Yeah, right, let's go. <laughs> So thank you, Daniel, for for making the time. I I really appreciate it, uh, Ron. It's you know we'll we'll definitely we'll you and I will definitely do uh, something else as well. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just Star Wars related, because I mean we we've got a lot in common. Right down the hall, it's kind yeah. Of yeah. Um. So we'll 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 yeah. So I mean we'll we'll definitely do something uh, as well. Um, but yeah, for, for now, this is, uh, Brian Scuttle. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Sonic Cinema Podcast. I've got a lot more coming up in 2018. I might have one or two more in 2017, depending on time. But, uh, thank you very much for listening and, uh, we will, uh, talk to you later. And may the force be with you. Always. <laughs> <laughs>